When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Speaking of divisions, by the way, you know, one thing we, we talk about, the fact that the Braves, it's basically a two-headed race in the NL East. We talk about the, the, this, this East, that the Phillies are going to be a problem. They're back to earth again, too. They're 5-5. Five and five. They're the last 10. They lo- Actually, I think they're less than that now because they lost today. Maybe they're still 5-5, five and five, but they are just struggling without Bryce Harper. I mean, you talk about a guy that really creates the offense. Bryce Harper has been phenomenal for the Phillies, and now that they lost him with a broken thumb, they're just mediocre again. Zach Wheeler had a rough game uh, versus the uh, who they played today. It wasn't it the Cardinals? They played the but oh, they played the Blue Jays, who just fired the coach. Which, by the way, that was an obvious win. Blue Jays firing their coach. First thing you do, get a win. Um, but yeah, Wheeler did not have a great game. He only went four two thirds innings, and he gave up a bunch of runs. And it was not ideal. So there, the, the Phillies are going back to struggling again. And it's ba- and listen, the Marlins, we talk about how good they are, how young and scrappy they are. There's still three games on the 500. And the Nationals are just terrible. So you have a division. It's basically a two-team race between the Braves and the Mets. And we're going to see a lot, the, a lot of the Braves. We talked about this just recently, how we saw a ton of the Marlins. And I'm kind of over it now. Well, the Braves are coming up. Evan mentioned the Braves are up next. That's going to happen. So we'll see the Braves again soon. Um, and then again, like I said, the All-Star break's coming up. And you have the Home Run Derby. Which Pete Alonso is looking to go back-to-back-to-back Home Run Derby champion. Now listen, I'm not sure if everyone's into it. I don't really care that much. The only reason I care about it is because Pete Alonso's in it. So it's nice to see. It's not like I need to watch... Pete Alonso win, but it is nice to see at the end of the day that a Met is highlighted. This is why the whole thing with the history of the New York Mets and Steve Cohen and whoever else's idea was to retire Keith Hernandez's number was such a big deal because I'm sick and tired of not having like this history to go to my kids with or, you know, we talk about the greatest of all time and it's always other teams and their, their players and their runs and their history. It's like, Oh, what about the Mets? Well, they won in 69, they won in 86. It's a long time ago, guys. It's a long time ago. And, well, you know, what about the greatest players in the Mets? Again, Tom Seaver. When we arguably traded away, we, tra- we arguably traded away the best other player that we've ever had. I'm not sure if that's a proper way of putting it, but, but Nolan Ryan, we traded him away. So those are like the highlights of the, of the Mets, you know? That sucks. I need more. So if you're going to tell me Pete Alonso wins back-to-back-to-back home run derbies, it's not like I'm sitting there and like popping champagne, but what I am doing is going, boom. That's another thing that we could add to our list of Mets history. Who else could say they want back-to-back-to-back home run derbies? Well, Pete Alonso. Well, we got to get there first. But who's he facing? Albert Pujols. That's the first person. I mean, if that guy hits, if that guy wins a round, kudos to him. But I, I love, I love Albert Pujols. But at this age. He doesn't have it anymore. He just he just doesn't. I know that they're doing the whole, um, you know, 
extra roster spot for him and Miguel Cabrera. And Miguel Cabrera is one of my favorite players of all time. So I love seeing that guy at any point in time. I know I don't think he's ready to retire just yet. I think he's got another couple of years left of the contract. But still, I'd like to see him around. But the fact that they're bringing these two guys out, it's like, all right, we get it. You know, see you later. It's nice, nice having you. But they're they're basically a wrap. All right, let's see. Who else is in the home run derby? That's what I was looking for. I'm putting in upper pull holes. But home run derby 2022. A lot of NL guys. I've noticed that. I know Julio Rodriguez, the Seattle Mariners, just opted in as well. Um, well, opted in just, but he just did it a couple hours ago. You also have... Do, 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 do. Okay, here we go. Home run derby participants. Thank you. They got seven now, if I'm correct, unless there was a, an additional one that I missed that on. So you got Pete Alonso, Albert Pujols, you got uh, Jose Ramirez. I think he's a today edition. You got Julio Rodriguez, who's amazing. The, the, he's really a stud. Talk about Jared Kelnick, you know, being the you know the the big thing that the, you know that's not working out. Julio Rodriguez, who saw that coming? I, I didn't know about him. We heard about Jared Kelnick maybe because we gave him away. We thought we gave him away, but Julio Rodriguez has been unbelievable. Um, you got Ronald Acuna Jr., Juan Soto, who's had a rough season for his for his uh, standards, definitely rough. And then you got Kyle Schwarber, who again the Met, the Yankees and the Mets whipped on, but I think more the Yankees because they definitely need that type of bat in their lineup. Uh, and that's seven out of the eight. I'm not sure who if who's narrowing down the eight. I mean, clearly it's not going to be Judge. There's rumors of Giancarlo Stanton. Um, the other day that we heard, at least I heard, I don't really know if that was true. That was maybe just dove whispering nonsense in my ear, which he does once in a while. So it'll be interesting. I'm, I feel very confident that Pete Alonso could definitely find a way to, uh, go back to back to back. Schwarber is definitely someone I'm worried about breaking down a freaking home run derby here. But if we have to, we have to, uh, Kyle Schwarber is somebody that I would worry about. Soto, maybe this is something that he, you know, can relax and just have fun with, so maybe he can rip off a bunch. I'm surprised Vlad's not in it. Is Stanton going to be the guy? The the worry, the guy that I think gives the most trouble is Schwarber, but I wouldn't be surprised if Rodriguez came through. I would not be surprised if Julio Rodriguez came through and found a way to sneak in each round and all it needs to do, I don't remember if I'm if it's cumulative, cumulative or whatever it is of of how many home runs in total are, are hit at the end of these things because I'm pretty sure it goes round by round by round. Um, and if I remember correctly, the last round, you know, if you've hit 50 home runs the first couple rounds and that last round you only hit 10, and the other guy hits 11, you screwed. So I feel like Rodriguez is the guy who, at the end of the day, may not hit the most in the night but we'll find a way to win that last round. Unless they've changed the rules on me and I just completely forgot, which is quite possible too because I don't watch the Home Run Derby the way that most other people do. I'm not that obsessed with it. I just know that Pete Alonso's won the last two. Um, Let's see, what else we got? The trade deadline, we just talked about some other... Oh, this is the free agency stuff. So I was talking about... Tiki Barber brought this up, which... It's a little early to talk about free agency, but it is a question and concern and, and something that's interesting interesting to think about and ponder. You got Jacob DeGrom. Excuse me, I'm sipping my seltzer here. You got Jacob DeGrom, who is starting a rehab in Syracuse tomorrow. We have to see how, how that goes. And if it goes well, you should see DeGrom, I think, 
because I'm assuming he's probably going to get up to 50, 60 pitches. If he's up to 50, 60 pitches, maybe he gets one more rehab start to get to like 80, 70, 80, and then come back. So I'm thinking you probably got another, realistically, two, maybe three weeks tops till the ground comes back. The, the ground comes back, and if I, my math is correct, that should be on pace to what he's supposed to be doing. Because if I'm correct, there was that 30 win, 30 day window of him returning once his rehab started started up. Uh, there's been no setbacks, which has been great. But if he comes back and he becomes the ace that we know he can be, the stud that we know he can be, if he turns into the Jacob DeGrom, the two-time award-winning Cy Young winner, Jacob DeGrom, if he's that guy, he's going to opt out. He's going to opt out, and then we're going to be in a situation where you have DeGrom opting out, Bassett, I think, opting out. You have... Um, Taiwan Walker. Uh, Taiwan Walker's opting out. That's right. That's the free agent. Taiwan Walker, who's going to make $6 million next year, is going to opt out. Unless he has one of the worst second halves in history, which he did last year. So that's still a possibility. But for our sake, I hope he doesn't. So you have a ton of starting pitchers to begin with that you need to sign. And then you got Nemo. And then you got Edwin Diaz. And then you got all you got a lot of things going on right now. And, and we were talking about next year. It's a little too early for next year, but this is why we were we were talking earlier about like who are some trade targets to come in to bring in. Maybe you do find like a, you know, back when the Mets were trying to be smart along with you know, for what whatever they're doing with Marcus Stroman, they realized they weren't gonna sign Zach Wheeler, so they brought in Marcus Stroman, they traded for a pitcher. That would give them another couple years, another extension that they don't have to worry about now spending more money on a free agent pitcher. Can they find someone like that that's available during this trade deadline that has a couple years so that you don't have to sign them all? I mean, personally speaking, I'd like to keep this unit together. And I don't think it's absurd to talk, talk about a $300 million contract. And I talked about that with Evan the other day behind the scenes. I'm like, dude, I'd give DeGrom $50 million next year if that's what he wants. I'd, t- I'd go top-heavy with it. If he wants another, quote-unquote, big contract, I mean, yeah, I'm not going to give him 10 years. That's, that's irresponsible. But if I have to give Jacob DeGrom and front-load two years close to $50 million and then, you know, so that the, the back of the, the contract looks a little bit more easier to swallow when you're giving a guy, you know, 30 or 20 to 30 million dollars and you know, with the health concerns that he has, it's it's realistic. You don't know if he could pitch 200 innings. And in 3 or 4 years from now, you don't even know if he could pitch 20 innings. So, I'm not I'm not afraid of going deep. I'm not afraid of going I even said 350, which is a crazy number, but think about it this way. We used to talk and criticize about the Yankees having a payroll of $200 million. And that was like 20 years ago that we could complain that look, the Yankees are buying a, buying a World Series. But that's been going on for 20 years. You would think with inflation that 
it would change that you'd have closer to that $300 million threshold. I know the, the Dodgers did it one year where they were almost 280, right? Okay. And then they, they're trying to bring it down because that was, I guess, absurd. But why is that absurd? You talk about the NBA money and you talk about other leagues. And I know it's different because in the NBA, but I, you have to break it down in this way. This is the way I'm going to break it down for you. In the NBA, yes, there's 12, 15 players on a, t- on a roster, right? 15 players, really, because you have got bench players and who's injured and who's in the G League and whatever. Fine. So, yeah, you could pay one guy, Damian Lillard, $60 million. But you're still putting together a payroll of over $200 million for 15 players. So when you have 40 players... On a 40-man roster? Because you basically have a 40-man roster. you got to remember that, too. It's 25 plus plus the 15 other that's on a 40-man roster. You're still paying these guys. So it's not absurd to go, well, if in NBA you have rosters that are $250 million or whatever, whatever the price tag is, I don't remember off the top of my head, why, why is it absurd to say you're adding 15 more players plus, actually, more than that? You're adding almost 20 more players to a roster yeah, the payroll should be over 350 or close to it. Now, I know they don't want to do that. But it doesn't shock me that that's the case. That's going to happen. So, yeah, if you want to have a Jacob DeGrom, if you want to have a uh, Max Scherzer, if you want to bring back a Chris Bassett, Chris Bassett's not going to give you because clearly he has too many blow-ups to, to allow him to be that elite money. But he's going to get paid next year if he keeps this up. If you're going to want to bring him back, though, which I would like to, because why not? If if we don't, if the Mets don't win this year, I don't want this party to blow up. I want to bring him back. I want some of these guys to come back. And I want to add to it. See, that's the thing that the Mets never usually did. They never added to what they had. They just kind of like glued it back together semi. Like, all right, we'll give it to Daniel Murphy and we'll bring in a Drupal Cabrera and Neil Walker. And hopefully that'll work out. No, I want to add. So I don't want to lose. I want to add. So if that means bring it back, Walker, bring it back, Bassett, it's gonna, it's a lot, it's a toll order to ask, but that's something you have to do. That's gonna put your payroll closer to three fifty. That's a lot of money. But I think it's needed, and and then you're gonna have Nimmo as well, you know, and Edward Diaz. We didn't talk about now Diaz. I, I don't think you can sit there and say that you know Edwin Diaz. Is going to be paid like the top closer in baseball, even though he's pitching like it right now. He's pitching like an elite closer. I don't think he can get that because you take away the bad years with the bets over the past few years. I mean, he's somewhere in between there. He's not the best of all time, but he's also not this awful pitcher. So I think he'll get paid, but he won't get. As much as we like, but anyway, that's so. So that's something that I just was thinking about in general. Of you know, Tiki brought it up. I feel like I had to address it because it does make you think. If Degrom opts out, there's a lot of people that you're gonna have to pay, and I want to bring. I would like to try to bring them all back. So maybe during a deadline, maybe you try to be cute. Maybe they try to be cute enough to add a piece that could help solidify a bullpen, but. Maybe, maybe even bring in a, a starting pitcher so that you don't have to worry about 
Hell, if Walker finishes strong and Bassett finishes strong and DeGrom finishes strong, maybe you don't have to worry about signing all three of them. Because your pitching staff staff is going to be depleted next year if it's just DeGrom and Scherzer and blank. So that's nothing too crazy right now to get into, but that is just something to think about and to ponder. All right. Uh... Again, I hope I did a good job filling in for Evan Roberts, who will be back tomorrow with Carton Roberts. You can hear him uh, 2 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. You can also hear me, uh, or maybe hear me, depending if I'm talking or not. But I'm, I produce the Tiki and Tierney show 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Monday to Friday. Uh, I, I speak once in a while. I, I have my Mets thoughts thrown in there whenever BT's trying to you know, beat me over the head with how amazing the Yankees are and how terrible and how uh, mediocre this Mets team has been. Listen, we all know the deficiencies of this roster. It's not a it's not it's not like a a, a newsbreaker here. We all know the DH is a bad spot, and we all know the bullpen sucks. Besides Edwin Diaz and I guess Adam Alavito and Drew Smith at times. But we all know the deficiencies. And they just have to do something about it. And it's frustrating to talk about it every single podcast. But that's the flaws right now. But the Mets were able to, again, keep the lead alive. They should be able to go into the All-Star break ahead with the the lead in the division because there's no way that they are, are splitting the series versus the Chicago Cubs. They just can't do it. So you win three out of four. That should be... Uh, an easy, you know, lead going into the to the All Star break, and then coming out again, five with the Padres, uh, five with the Padres and the the Yankees uh, as they return the following week. Um, also, on a side note too, I'll just throw it out there as well. I will be hosting this Sunday morning, two a.m. to six a.m. on the Fan. I'm going to be at the uh, UFC event this uh, Saturday at UBS Arena. So if you guys are there. Check me out. I'll be there somewhere on the uh, on the site, looking to watch some fights. Um, and you can always check out my my podcast, The Fight Fan with Peter Hoffman, um, talking all things MMA. Which I should have Brian Ortega, who's fighting, uh, on this card as well on there. So again, filling in for. I hope I did a good job for Evan Roberts. I appreciate you guys listening. Appreciate you guys listening to the breakdown. I did not send out a tweet uh, for anything, uh, any type of questions from you guys, but hopefully you enjoyed it, and hopefully Evan will be back and make the next one, which should drop Sunday uh, after the Cubs series, and we'll maybe have a, a couple podcasts too, maybe an emergency one after the home run derby. We'll see what goes on. But thank you again for listening to another episode of Rico Bronia. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronia podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times.